Hello, hello, hello there and welcome back to Bums in the Night, a true crime podcast focusing on more obscure crimes throughout the world. I am your host Divya and hey guys, welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed your Halloween. I hope that you had tons of spookiness on it and I hope that you enjoyed my super special bonus episode about the ghost ship, the SS Orang Medan and that doing the research about that and also filming it was really fun the most fun I've ever had so I hope that you guys liked it and found it spooky enough before we jump into today's podcast episode I just want to say two things first is a disclaimer the episodes I discuss in this series do contain violence so viewer discretion is advised and also if it seems that my episodes are shorter than other podcast episodes, it's because I'm doing more obscure crime. So there's not that much information that can be found about these crimes on the internet. So whatever information I'm giving you on these episodes are all the information that I can find on that particular case. So yeah, so today we are going to be jumping into a female serial killer. And we'll be flying to France. So I got this information from Murderpedia.com and also a book called Women's Criminals, an Encyclopedia of People and Issues, Volume 1 by Ricky Jensen. So today we'll be discussing the serial killer Helene Gigado. So let's so grab your wine, grab your drinks, grab your snacks, buckle in if you're listening to this on a commute. You know, I hope you have a safe journey and let's begin. Helene Gigado was born on a small farm in Pohenic near Laurent in Brittany. She was born in 1803 in the middle of the French Revolution. She lost her mother at age seven and was orphaned. Nothing much is known about her father. She was sent to work with two aunts who were servants in the rectory of Burberry. After 17 years, she accompanied an aunt to the town of Sanglian. She became a cook for the curé. So a curé is a parish priest in a French-speaking country. There was an incident that occurred where she was accused of adding hemp from his greenhouse to his soup. Her first suspected poisoning occurred in 1833. When she was employed by another priest, I don't know whether this stands for father, but it just says Fr. Francis Le Drago, in the f- nearby village of Gurn. In the three months between June 28 and October 3rd, seven members of the household died suddenly, including the priest himself, his aging mother and father, and her own visiting sister. It's not no, it, some sources say that it's Anne Gigado and some sources say it's Anna Gigado, so I'm just going to put both those names there. But her apparent sorrow and purse behavior was so convincing that she was not suspected. Also, at that time, coming that shortly after the cholera epidemic of 1832, the deaths may have been put down to natural causes. Gigado returned to Burberry to replaced her sister where three people died in the course of three months, including her other aunt, all of whom she cared for at their bedside. So whenever people got sick, 
she would be tending to them very religiously and making sure that they were alright but at the same time basically poisoning them to death. According to those present, Jagado was beside herself with grief, exclaiming, Wherever I go, people die. And yet nobody had put two and two together. She continued to Lockmine, where she boarded with a needle worker, Marie-Jean Labouche. Both Labouchere and her daughter died, and her son Pierre Labouchere fell ill. Pierre Labouchere did not like Jagado very much, and when she wanted to tend to him, he did not allow it, which might contribute to the fact that he survived and got better. She left, fearing that people would suspect her for their deaths. She was reported to have said to a relative, I am afraid that people will accuse me of all those deaths. Death follows me wherever I go. When in the same town, the widow Lorray offered Jagado a room. She died after eating a soup that her new bonnet had prepared. In May 1835, she was hired by Madame Toussaint and four more deaths followed, which were Anne Ivano, the maid, Toussaint's mother and father, and eventually Madame Toussaint herself. She was fired by Toussaint's son. By this point in time, she had already put 17 people in their graves. Later, in 1835, Jugado was employed as a servant in a convent in Ori, but rapidly was dismissed after several incidents of vandalism and sacrilege, such as students' clothes and linens being slashed. Sources also said that several nuns died, but I'm not sure about whether there is a correlation between that and her dismissal. She resumed her apprenticeship as a seamstress in Ore with 77-year-old Anne Lekovic. Lekovic died within two days after eating soup prepared by Gigado. Gigado had then attempted to fatally poison Anne Lefer, another employer in Ore. She immediately began working for Madame Hattel, but her son-in-law learned of her activities in the convent and dismissed her. Gigado had already poisoned his mother-in-law, who died the day Gigado left. She left and became a cook in Pontivy, in the home of Sir Giano, killing their 14-year-old son. Autopsies released, revealed an inflamed stomach and carotid intestines, but his death in the end was attributed to the fact that he was known to eat to drink a lot of vinegar. In 1836, she killed M. Kirelik of Hannibal by serving him a herbal tea to nurse his fever. In 1839, she murdered Dan Venon. In 1841, she killed the granddaughter of M. Dupé de Lorme of Lorraine as well as making the remainder of his family sick. So he, the granddaughter's name was little Marie Breger, who died at Chateau de Soya and was her most infamous murder in May 1844, 10 years and one month before her final arrest. From 1841 to 1849, Jugada appears to have taken a hiatus from killing, turning instead to 
thievery and alcoholism. By November 6, 1849, she was working for a couple named Rebot. Their son, Albert, died in December after eating porridge prepared by Jugado. In March 1850, Jugado was given 10 days notice by M. Rebot for stealing wine. All family members became sick the following day, but all had managed to survive. She then moved on to the Ozoin family, killing their youngest son. He was diagnosed with croup fever. Chicago left immediately to work for M. Roselle, whose mother opened, openly chastised Jagado and subsequently became ill, suffering for 18 months but recovering in the end. A fellow housekeeper, Poreth Mace, fell ill in August and died in September. Two doctors, Vincent and Guyot, became suspicious of these deaths, but autopsy was refused. Jagado was dismissed for stealing wine. There is no... Uh, apparently, the poisoning were in retaliation for what Jagado considered ill-treatment. If somebody admonished her, she answered with poison. Her career took a new turn in 1849 when she moved to Rennes, the capital city of the region. In 1850, Jugado joined the household staff of Theophile Bidard, a law professor at the University of Rennes. One of his servants, Rose Tesser, fell ill and died when Jugado tended to her. In 1851, one of the other maids, Rosalie Sarazin, fell ill as well and died. Two doctors had tried to save Sarazin, and because the symptoms were similar of those as Tessier, they convinced the relatives to permit to permit an autopsy. Jagado aroused suspicion when she announced her innocence before she was even asked anything. She blurted out, I am innocent, to which the law officer then asked, Innocent of what? You have not been accused of anything. And she was arrested July 1st, 1851. Later increased linked her to 23 suspected deaths by poisoning between 1833 and 1841, but none of these were thoroughly investigated since they were outside the 10-year limit for prosecution and there was no scientific evidence. Local folklore has attributed to her many unexplained deaths, some of which were almost certainly due to natural causes. The most reliable estimate is that she probably committed about 36 murders. Jugado's trial began in December 6, 1851, but due to French laws of permissible evidence and statutes of limitations, she was accused only of three murders, three attempted murders and 11 thefts. At least one later case appeared to have been dropped since it involved a child and police were reluctant to upset the parents by asking for an exhumation. Jugado's behaviour in court was erratic, changing from humble mutterings to loud pious shoutings and occasional wild outbursts against her accusers. She consistently denied that she did not know what arsenic was, despite the evidence to the contrary. Doctors who examined her victims had not usually notice anything suspicious, but when the most recent victims were exhumed, they showed overwhelming evidence of arsenic and possibly antimony. The defense lawyer for Jigado 
Magalere Dorange, made a remarkable closing speech, arguing that she needed more time than most to repent and could be spared the death penalty since she was dying of cancer anyway. The case attracted little attention at that time, pushed off the front pages by the Cop Dieter in France. Jugado was sentenced to death by guillotine and was execute in, executed in front of a large crowd of onlookers on the Champs de Mars in Rennes on February 26, 1852. And that is the story about French killer Helen Regado. Jugado, sorry. So just before I sign off, I just wanted to say that you could follow me on Instagram and Twitter under the username BITN Podcast. You can also send me an email at bumpsinthenight at gmail.com. That's B U M P S I M T H E N I G H T at gmail.com. Uh, the reason why it's misspelled as im instead of in is because I accidentally misspelled it when I was making the email, so I'm really sorry about that. So there's an error in that spelling, but just send the email to it anyway if you want me to discuss an obscure case. Uh, Thank you for listening and see you soon and stay spooky.